Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than. We're halfway through the spooky month at this point, and uh, we're going to give you some more spooky shit to listen to. I've got a few stories that I got off of Reddit. Uh, not not real, not true stories, just... Reddit stories. <laughs> yeah, ones that people have written. And then Joanna's got... Uh, a couple things as well. So I'm going to start out with a story that may send your iPhone all a Twitter, I guess. It's called Found on an iPhone Search History by user Prophetic C. Hey Siri, show me funny videos. I'm bored and grounded. Hey Siri, show me funny videos. Hey Siri, show me funny TikToks. Hey Siri, Show me videos of people falling, and it's funny. Hey Siri, show me videos of people getting hurt. Hey Siri, where can I find someone to hurt my parents? Hey Siri, what is the best way to hurt someone? Hey Siri, where can I buy a hammer? Officer Miller sighed heavily. The dead bodies in front of him must have been Mr. and Mrs. Stevenson. Although, with the decay, it could have been anyone. Neighbors had called the police about his terrible stench coming from the apartment. He was no detective, but it looked like the young son, who was still missing, may have been involved, and it broke his heart. He knew this family, and while the Stevensons could be tough on their son, they loved him. The officer went for his radio to call it in when he felt a blow on the back of his head. His vision started to go dark as he heard, Hey Siri, what's the best way to get rid of three bodies? I like oh that one, and I'm sorry for everyone who has iPhones. <laughs> so it was the two bodies, but then, you know, the officer would have made the third body. Yeah, the boy killed his parents, and then he killed, his, killed the officer and, you know, did it mm. with a fucking hammer. Like, hey, Siri, uh, show me how to erase my fucking search history. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm going to tell another one before we go into your your thing here. I think we're going to do one called The Floor Tasted Fantastic by user Cask of Carbonation. Good name. The Floor Tasted Fantastic. I couldn't help but ponder over the thought I just had. It sprung from completely out of goddamn nowhere. The floor tasted fantastic? I didn't... I hadn't tasted any floors recently. Nor did I have any human desire to. The floor tasted fantastic. Wait, no! There it was again. Was it stuck in my head now? Was it really such a bizarre thought that my brain was becoming obsessed with, deciphering its stupidity? Whatever. It passed soon. The floor tasted fantastic. Great. Maybe doing something would take my mind off of it. I reached for the remote, flicking on the TV and trying to concentrate on whatever was on the channel. The cheesy soap opera not even a dentist's office would air. All right. Fine. It'd do for now. The floor tasted fantastic. No! No floors. Just the characters on screen. Tall. Tan and handsome. 
was having an affair with some intern at his company. Given that this was probably one of thousands of episodes, I didn't really have any context or background to this adultery. But whatever, the floor tasted fantastic. My eye twitched. The man had just unbuttoned the top two buttons of his pristine cotton shirt, revealing the luxurious forest of brown chest hairs. The guy was mid-forties, but was completely devoid of gray hairs. Wonderful. The floor tasted fantastic. You know, darling, he cooed to his guest, who was probably fifteen years younger than him. I've traveled to Europe many times, but I've never found any a any accent as attractive as yours. Swiss, was it? He flashed a toothy grin. The floor tasted fantastic. I blinked, then blinked again, then shook my head. No. There was no way he just said what I thought he just said. My brain was just playing tricks on me, right? Right. Okay, back to the show. The floor tasted fantastic. The woman smiled, undoing the collar button on her white blouse as well. God forbid a soap show any cleavage into their audience of housewives and nursing homes. Swiss indeed, she crooned, in an accent that was not Swiss at all. I must say, Dr. Langley. You've got quite a way with the floor. It tasted fantastic. Nope. I shut off the television. My brain was doing jumping jacks, trying to rationalize everything. There's no way I misheard that twice in a row. Something was happening. Something I really wanted to stop. The floor tasted fantastic. Maybe I heard the line in a movie or something. And this was just my mind's way of trying to force me into remembering where the line was from. An incredibly stupid line of reasoning, sure, but it was the best I could muster. I tugged my phone from my pocket and bombarded Google with thumb-tapping. The floor tasted fantastic. T-H-E space F-L-O-O-R space T-A-S-T-E-D space F-A-N-T-A-S-T-I-C. Just as I thought. No results that made any sense. Only a few housing sites and a forum of people with questions regarding their weird... Weird curiosities. I chucked my phone onto the coffee table in distress. The floor tasted fantastic. No! I was speaking to absolutely nobody in particular. The floor tasted fant- No! My fists were bald. This stupid fucking thought wouldn't leave my damn head. Maybe if I spoke it out of existence, something would happen. Something would happen. The floor ta- No! I yelled, rising to my feet. Immediately, I felt like an idiot. I slowly took a seat back on the couch, burying my face in my hands. I was completely alone, screaming at the top of my lungs to absolutely nobody to silence a repeating thought about the taste of my floor. Fuck. What was I doing? The floor tasted fantastic. I grumbled weakly into my hand. Okay. Okay. Thought. You win. The floor did, in fact, taste fantastic. Would it shut the fuck up now? The floor tasted fantastic. Of course it wouldn't. Of course. The floor tasted fantastic. Another ten seconds passed. I said nothing. I did nothing. I just sat with my palm buried into my cheek, fingers over my eyes. The floor tasted fantastic. Make it stop. The floor tasted fantastic. Make it stop. The floor. Tasted fantastic. The floor tasted fantastic. The floor tasted fantastic. The floor tasted fantastic. The floor tasted... Shut up! I hollered, rising to my feet once more. 
I didn't fucking care anymore. If I was screaming or if anyone heard, I just wanted it to stop. Shut the fuck up. The floor. Shut the. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I pounded furiously against my coffee table over and over and over. My phone went careening off onto the floor, landing with a crash. I didn't care if it broke or not. The floor. T- fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. I chanted rhythmically, sinking each vulgarity with a slamming of my fists. Left. Right. Left, right, left, right. It was annoying. It was starting to get painful. The sides of my hands started to ache, but I didn't care. The fl- Fuck off! A jolt of pain shot through my left fist as I slammed it against the corner of my coffee table. I screamed, tumbling backwards onto the couch as I cradled it. The pinky finger had dislocated, hanging like a cherry stem off an otherwise functioning hand. The floor tasted fantastic. My head was starting to pound now. My vision was starting to blur and my breath was heavy. I felt my weight shift as I slipped off the couch, crumpling in a heap between it and my coffee table, trying to nurse my wounded digit. The floor tasted fantastic. My eyes were starting to sting with tears. Hurt, angry, frustrated tears. I just wanted it to stop. I just wanted it to stop. The floor tastes fine. I choked. Shoving aside my coffee table, I peeled back a corner of the carpet, revealing the disgusting, dirty, seedy patch of tile floor beneath it. You think this floor tastes amazing, huh? You think it's so fucking good? The floor tasted fine. I brought my tongue to the tile, taking a long scrub of every inch I could. Dust and dirt and all kinds of disgusting little particles built up on my taste buds, but I didn't care. I apparently wanted nothing more than to taste my fucking floor. The floor tasted fantastic. Salty tears pooled onto my tongue, mixing with the dirt and grime into some sickly cocktail. I spat it out on the floor, desperately licking over and over and over again. Something had to taste good. Something had to taste fantastic. The floor tasted fantastic. It didn't. It tasted atrocious. It tasted like I was losing my mind. It tasted like a broken phone. It tasted like a broken pinky finger. It tasted like the last remnants of my sanity were tossed out the window when I gave into this stupid, stupid thought. The floor tasted fantastic. I screamed. Any and all roaring sounds of fury that built up in the pit of my diaphragm. I slammed my head into the corner of the table. The floor tasted fantastic. My head spun. I slammed again. The floor tasted fantastic. My vision disappeared for a split second. I slammed again. The floor tasted fantastic. A warm trickle of blood traveled down the bridge of my nose. I slammed again. The floor tasted fantastic. More blood. Slam! The floor tasted fantastic. Blackness. Light. Slam! The floor tasted fantastic. Blackness. Light. Slam! The floor tasted fantastic. The floor tasted fantastic. Is that it? (laughs) That's it! (laughs) Tell me again how the floor tasted. Uh, They they say fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of a creepy thing. I don't know. I liked it. It would certainly be annoying to have that phrase... uh 
going through your head constantly. Right. It's uh, like an obtrusive thought that just keeps mm-hmm. going and keeps going and keeps going and you can't, you, you can't stop it and it just keeps going. And so you stop it any way you can by, well, slamming your head into whatever. Right. You know, what freaks me out is the stuff where like shows where it uh, has something where like some sort of fucked up frequency makes people like do fucked up shit to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They, oh God, I can't even remember what I was watching. I was watching like Hulu has a bunch of like horror movie stuff going on right now. And there was some, uh, I think there's like this horror and anthology show where this chick is confronted by like a trumpet playing demon and she keeps hearing the trumpet sound and she fucking takes an ice pick and like stabs through both of her fucking eardrums to like get rid of the noise. Oh God. That's why I stopped watching, uh, uh, what's that show? Uh, girls with, um, Kylo Ren in it. Yeah. Adam driver. Yeah. Because at the end of the like spoilers at the end of the second or third season or whatever, she like was going to all OCD and jabbing her ears and popped an eardrum. And she was like, doctor, just fucking help me out with the other one. He was like, nah. And then she went home and fucking popped her other eardrum. And I was done. Yeah. I was fucking done. I mean, the Q-tip, like, yeah, no, I mean, that is like, oh, anything bursting your eardrums is, is awful. Um, yeah, yeah. It's but not, it's the ice pick, like the sharp thing, like doing one and then the other. Yeah, that was like <sighs> gruesome. I had to like turn away. Yeah. Like a little like spurt of blood, like oh, out of the ear. God. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah. I, no, I, I don't like that. No, I don't like it. I I'm can't imagine. It something that would like drive me to do that um yeah terrible yes definitely definitely awful i don't like it i don't like it at all and probably i would just uh more i'd be more likely to do with this you know the sound is fucking fantastic or the floor tastes fantastic guy the sound is fucking fantastic the floor tastes fantastic <laughs> I would probably like bash my own head in before I stuck an ice pick through my eardrum. I don't know because I mean, have you hit your head on anything hard before? Because uh, that shit sucks. That shit does suck, but I just oh, ice pick into the eardrums. Ugh. I'm sure that sucks too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna do either. I don't think. Why don't you tell us a story, Joanna? All right. I'm going to talk about the unsolved murder of Chris Jenkins. He was a 21-year-old student of the University of Minnesota, and he was a lacrosse player. He played goalie. All-around, average, all-American college guy. Went missing and presumed murdered on Halloween night of 2002. It's Halloween night. And Chris is partying with his girlfriend and a few of his friends. First, they are at his apartment where I guess there was a keg. And at some point, around 10.30 p.m., they go to a place called the Lone Tree Bar and Grill. His girlfriend, her name was Ashley, she actually worked at the bar, so... They go down there, and she is dressed as a sexy cop, and 
Chris is dressed as a Native American. First and foremost, the costume that he has has no pockets because it's one of those that's meant to look like a buckskin suit, but of course it's just like this fit, this really thin like polyester, like velvety material. So it's like a shirt and a top. Just shitty fabric, mm-hmm. poorly put together. It's just supposed to be like a one-time wear, put it over stuff. Yeah. Kind of a problematic outfit these days, but, you know, it was the early 2000s and... It was 2002, so this was not a kind of, you know, like... People weren't socially as forward then as they are now. Right. It wasn't something where you would put it on and people would be like, oh, that's like really offensive and you're culturally appropriating, stuff like that. Uh, Especially like, I mean, it's Minnesota too, so... Yeah, totally. I mean, probably you could do that like this Halloween. (laughs) Very conservative area. And no one is going to raise an issue. The costume, being shitty as it is, though, did not have any pockets. So a mutual friend drives Chris and Ashley to the bar, and Chris gives Ashley his cell phone and his wallet because she has pockets in her costume, but he has none. Now, that's a really strange twist because normally women don't have pockets in their clothing because I don't know why. (laughs) <laughs> That's what uh, my girlfriend always complains about is there's no pockets in anything. Yeah. I mean, when you find like a skirt or a dress that has like pockets, it's just like the best thing ever. That's what you tell everybody. It's like, <laughs> yo, and it's got pockets. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, this particular costume that she was wearing was actually borrowed by a police officer that she knew. That would be Minneapolis police officer Mike Casey. And so she actually borrowed one of his like uniform shirts for her sexy cop outfit it was a real cop outfit it was a real cop outfit borrowed by a real cop who was actually there off duty working security that night and i guess he had met ashley you know while she was working at the bar there so he knew her but he didn't know chris apparently he was like introduced to chris at the party, the costume party at the bar. I actually had a Officer Naughty costume one year for Halloween. I think I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have to borrow anything from, like, any real cops for it. No, you just went to, like, some costume store and bought it, right? Yeah, I think I actually borrowed it from uh, from our friend Lindsay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I think I remember her wearing it, too. Yep, yep. It was a great costume, but I can guarantee you it had no pockets. Oh, no, I'm sure it did. But since Ashley's was like the real deal, that's probably why she had the pocket room for his wallet and his cell phone. Tons of pockets and like little tactical places to clip on things, too, I'm sure. At some point, Chris spills a drink on himself and it causes his pants to become wet. As that, you know, because yeah. that's what happens when you spill shit on yourself. It- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets wet, yeah. It gets wet. It's just Merlot, you know, whatever. Apparently, Officer Casey thought that uh, Chris was so intoxicated that he had pissed himself. Or at least that's what he said, allegedly, supposedly. And he 
had the there was a couple of off duty officers working security that night for the party, and he told them to throw him out of the party, and he told the bouncer at the door to not let him come back in. Wow! So he got like straight eighty six. He got straight eighty six. Like, like get the fuck out! You don't have to go home, but you can't come here. And there's a lot of speculation around that. Like, I'm not going to say, like, any of this stuff I'm saying is, like, for sure, because there's a lot of different people telling a lot of different stories. But one of the stories is is that from that point on, after uh, Chris had been thrown out of the bar, Officer Casey continued to hang out with Ashley until the bar closed. Uh, Mm. Some people said that they were flirting or that he was flirting with her. And also, he drove her home after the bar closed. Huh. Yes. And some people said that Chris wasn't actually that drunk, that, you know, he just kind of, like, pounced on this opportunity to, you know, get him out of the out of the picture. Yeah, he yeah. Wanted to, he wanted to flirt with Ashley. Um, but that's all, you know, just speculation. Let's get back to Chris, who's just been... 86th from the bar. It's 20 degrees out that night. Jesus Christ. And he's wearing some shitty outfit. He's wearing this shitty outfit. I mean, he's got, at least he's not like, you know, shirtless <laughs> with just right, like but... some pretend buckskin pants. He's got a top, but it's, yeah, it's a long sleeve shirt, but it's like nothing when it's 20 degrees outside. Yeah, definitely. Fuck. Um, he has no cell phone. He has no wallet, and it's 20 degrees outside, and he is, at least maybe if he's not, if he wasn't as drunk as uh, Officer Casey made it out to be, he is at least, you know, he is mildly intoxicated. He had been drinking, so. I feel like that, like, kicking someone out into that those conditions with wearing what he's wearing is, like, pretty inhuman. I mean, that's fucked up. Yeah, we're going to get back to that. <laughs> okay. All right, carry on, carry on. So where he was kicked out, the the bar was two miles from his apartment. So he would have had to walk that two miles home in the That's dark. at least a half hour walk. Yeah, at, at least. least. If you walk fast, it's a half hour mm-hmm. walk. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to walk pretty fast because... Uh, my aunt and uncle's house out here is about a mile from my house. And I mean, brisk walking took me about 30 minutes to get there. And that's one mile. So you walk slow. I, I, well, maybe I walk a 16 minute mile. Okay. Well, good for you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I I am so fancy. You are so fancy. Oh my gosh. But yeah, let's just, and yeah. But in the cold and when you're drunk, when you're drunk, you're stumbling. And so it's obviously going to take twice as, as long to get there since you're, Going one way and then back the other and then And it's hard to move fast in that kind of cold. Like your um your body seizes up like not, you know, in a way where you're gonna like die, but like you are your joints do get kind of stiff and you're just It's true. Yeah. So you're expending a lot of energy shivering, I imagine. But yeah, let's say it's gonna take at least thirty minutes, probably closer to an hour for him to walk back to his house. Surprise, surprise, he never made it back to his house. If he did, we would not be talking about this. No. At some point, 
it's discovered that Chris never made it back home. I guess maybe the assumption of the of his you know friends that were at the bar and his girlfriend was that he was just going to walk home. I mean, I don't know the whole story around it, but I mean, that's like number one thing that I think is really fucked up. It's like, okay, did you just forget that you have his wallet and his cell phone? Like, right, and you're just going to let him fucking walk home in the frigid-ass air when you know he's dressed in nothing? Right, and I mean, you would probably see if he got kicked out. I mean, I have a hard time believing that she didn't, like, notice him getting kicked out unless she was, like, just totally on the other side. And then Officer Casey's all like, oh, yeah, he totally just, uh, he left. He said you were a fucking whore and he left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess maybe. I mean. That would probably be, like, the only reason where I'd be like, oh, well, fuck him then, but, uh. Even yeah, so, yeah, I, I probably was pissed like, off. So you were cutting. I'm going to leave. So fuck you. Yeah, and then even if that was the case, I'd probably still would go out and be like, "Hey, what the fuck?" Right, because it's 20 degrees out, and you're wearing basically a flat sheet off of a bed. You have none of your shit. You have to be a real dick for me not to go back, not to go after you at that point. You know, you have right. You would have had to do something really shitty. Right same and then even as just his friend i mean if that was like one of my friends that got kicked out i would i mean a mutual friend drove them there so that friend at least knows like he doesn't have a way home maybe yeah. he doesn't realize that his wallet and his cell phone isn't on it i mean i think it's I, I think it's one of those cases where everyone's kind of drunk and having a good time and nobody is just really stopping to think like oh wait a second yeah the the drama that happens and uh like most people don't want to deal with it and a couple of people do and then things get split up and sober people make other things happen like the bouncers being like get the fuck out but still right. even the bouncer like in that sort of weather you would think they'd be like do you have the ability to get someplace not just go out and die in the freezing cold right like uh do we need to call you a cab um yeah something along those lines yeah, yeah. Do you have money for a cab? Fucking something. Should I tell one of your friends to come out? Yeah, just, yeah, something. Don't send someone out to their death because they got drunk. After he's reported missing, uh, authorities begin kind of searching. This is a real point of contention with Chris's family is that they really didn't do much about it. And it's just like, oh, well, you know, he's just... Off fucking around with no wallet and no phone. Yeah, because that's in the freezing know. cold and just not never coming home and like, oh, he hasn't been home for like you know two days now. Uh, yeah, he's probably just out having fun somewhere still without any of his fucking shit. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's great. Yeah, because that's just, uh, I mean, one thing like the rest of the night he doesn't come back. Uh, but it was just kind of like, oh well, he's just like you know a college student, so he he must just be off with somebody doing something somewhere. He can't possibly be in danger. Oh no, no, not at all. There's there's no danger. It's fine. Everything's fine. Well, enough time goes by that the uh, police start to look into his disappearance. So number one, um. Officer Mike Casey is never questioned by the police department, like in an official capacity. The reason being that uh, apparently he's married with a family and they didn't want to break up his family or cause drama. 
in his marriage by asking him like, oh, hey, why was it you that kicked this guy out? Why were you flirting with his girlfriend? Why did you give her a ride home at the end of the night? Apparently, they just uh, didn't seem to give a whole lot of fucks about that. That's weird. Apparently, for him to have gotten home, he would have had to cross over a bridge. And they did check security footage from the Hennepin Avenue bridge, which did not show anything. So if he crossed the bridge, it would have had to have been in this incredibly stealth way that missed uh, two cameras that are doing two different angles and were pretty, they were pretty high tech. So it's unlikely he went that way then? It's unlikely he went that way. There's, I was looking at a map and there's another bridge that goes over. It's the Third Avenue Bridge, but I don't know if that actually like leads to his apartment at all or if that was checked out or if that had cameras. Yeah, I don't know anything about that bridge, but bridges kind of become important in a little bit here. They bring bloodhounds out and they do pick up on Chris's scent and it basically just stays in the area of the bar and a parking garage that is kind of across the street. Specifically, stalls 89 and 90 are hit on by the dogs. There's no hits going on the bridge or towards the bridge. In stalls 89 and 90, there's also several droplets of blood, which the police gather, but they don't ever test it and they just throw it out after like like oh here's some blood droplets get rid of them also some red string and some feathers were found and he was wearing like a headdress as part of his costume which did have feathers on it so it could potentially have been from his costume but nothing was really ever done with that evidence also of note uh stalls 89 and 90 and that whole parking garage is where a lot of the employees for that bar for the Lone Tree Bar uh, Park there. And one of the dogs hit on one of the the security guys, not one of the off-duty police officers, but I think one of the guys that actually like works security at that bar. There was also a hit on his car. Indicating that maybe Chris had been in his car at some point. But again, that was never really followed up on. That's all right. Yeah. Furthermore, the owner of the bar and some other witnesses had a different story about what happened to Chris that night. They say that Chris left on his own accord. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That there was that he was never, uh, you know, kicked out of the bar and not allowed to go back in. Also, the owner put a gag order on his employees. So, like, they're like, if you talk to anybody about this, uh, you're going to get fired, essentially. Wow, that seems a little, I mean, I wouldn't do that if I was innocent. Right. And we don't necessarily know what it is, though, that he's guilty of. It could be that he's just doesn't want to get held liable if something happened to him. Yeah. He doesn't want to be liable for um, the fact that he was 
turned out into the cold with no wallet and no phone, you know, and it was his establishment. I mean, I think if like some, if he turned up dead and some sort of suit was filed, I mean, he could, you know, be found liable for it potentially. Maybe. maybe. So I, I, yeah. Anytime anyone leaves your bar inebriated, I believe you Depending upon you, where you are, you have some liability. Yeah, I mean, this is 2002, so I'm not sure what. But even that long, that long ago, it's not like right. You know, it's. I'm sure the laws weren't overly dif- different. Is probably not, still similar. Not too much. I mean, I think as time goes on, stuff like that does get a little bit stricter and stricter. Yeah, that's true. Like. No, you have to like make sure that they have somewhere to go, or you know, that that good effort is made to make sure that they leave safely. Probably still, because I mean, enough like... of these things have happened to where enough people have gotten sued to where, like, yeah, like I don't know. So it's... I don't I don't know how it was eighteen years ago, but it just seems like so much more of a thing that would be like, oh yeah, in like nineteen, you know. 80 or 1970 we could just like kick people out or whatever but like mm-hmm. now we we don't have the the net now it's different now you know, we, we've learned our lesson not just like 18 years ago in like 2000 like we were we still we had internet then you know we mm-hmm. were on the brink of like decent cell phones then mm-hmm. and just to like it seems it just seems weird you know yeah it seems negligent in a way Hmm. yeah i would definitely say it was negligent and also kind of like i don't know i mean if i'm if i'm the owner it's like why did i just go on on the word of uh, somebody working like off-duty security here especially maybe when it comes out that like maybe there is like a reason that this cop might have wanted him out of you know out of the bar so he could have uh ashley to himself at this fun little costume party when she's wearing a shirt i don't know i mean maybe at first might have thought it was like totally legit and uh well yeah we threw that guy out because he was intoxicated and it was like oh maybe that wasn't even the case and that makes you look pretty dumb maybe they just gave him the benefit of the doubt because he was a cop and they're like oh man and then he kind of learned like yeah and then it was like oh actually this guy might have had ulterior motives and like now we're the fucking assholes who just uh totally like went along with it i don't know yeah that would be my best guess though is that he's covering his ass maybe not because there was involvement in what in his disappearance but um involvement into the to the extent of liability only yeah i can see that well on february 27th 2003 so four months after he disappeared Chris's body was discovered floating in the Mississippi River beneath the Third Avenue Bridge. So that's the other bridge I was talking about. He still had his Halloween costume on. What the fuck? Yeah, he's still wearing his Halloween costume. The medical examiner had found no signs of foul play, and so the official cause of death was ruled to be undetermined because they couldn't specify i guess what it had been four months so they can uh officially say that he drowned 
or if he was dead before he went into the water or hypothermia or what. But they theorized that he had either committed suicide by jumping off one of the bridges or he had accidentally, you know, because he was intoxicated, he had stumbled and fallen into the water somehow. Okay. Chris's family was not buying that, though. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to be, you, you lose your uh, your 21-year-old son, and they're just trying to be like, oh, well, you know, he just fell into the water, I guess. Yeah, right. Just like... I don't know. We didn't really put much effort into it, but yeah. we think that like perhaps he just fell in and drowned. It's fine. Yeah, we didn't really take. Uh, yeah, we didn't really take the search for him very seriously. Any evidence we gathered, we threw out. We didn't question people. Uh, now he does turn up in the river, and we're just gonna say that you know oh, he was just another drunk college kid that fell into the water. Sorry. I wonder how many college kids just fell into the water and died. Well, more than you would think, but I'll get to that later. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, fair. So here's some of the things that were really weird, though, about how he was found. He was found floating on his back with his arms folded across his chest. All right. That's not really common no usually if you fall and you drown you're found like face down you're usually found pretty quick too like not it doesn't take like four months for you to surface and then you usually don't surface with your arms folded across your chest face up yeah that's pretty strange he was wearing moccasin shoes that went along you know with his outfit and those were like still on his feet which is also really strange because these costumes are made like shit so if you're you know in the any place if you're any place for four months they're just gonna rot off of you if you're in the elements at all uh-huh also to be in water yeah right that's if just you, fucking gone yeah if you fall into water i mean a lot of times if you actually fall and you're drowned like yeah your shoes fall off you're kicking his shirt was still tucked in to his pants so, whether That's... you're struggling to get out of the water because you're drowning, or even if you were dead when you hit the water, the, the currents and everything, and just being in there for that amount of time, that's pretty unusual. Shirt tucked in, shoes on your feet. If you go to a movie and sit in a movie theater, and you have your shirt tucked in, by the end of the two-hour movie... Your shirt is not in the same way it was. Mm -mm. And that's you being conscious and sitting there and watching something and trying to kind of be like still and stuff. So being in the water for that long and your shirt being completely perfectly tucked in seems a little suspect. It does. And we're not talking a little creek here. I mean, it's the Mississippi. Okay. That's a. Yeah, that's a big fucking river. <laughs> yeah. Pretty big fucking river. He had human hair clenched in his left hand, which seemed to have been placed there after he was dead. They couldn't ever do any kind of testing to see whose hair it was or if it was his hair. But something Although you could you could probably tell if there was a clump of his hair missing because his hair right. is, his, 
I mean, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe the hair wasn't really there. I mean, he's been in, in the water for some time. Yeah. It just seemed as though he had been placed there, probably because I would imagine if this had happened while he was still alive, like rigor mortis would have come and gone and that hair would no longer be like in his fist. Yeah. Another thing is, is that when on Halloween night, when they're saying like supposedly he was drunk and just fell into the river or, you know, whatever, uh, the river was like frozen over. <laughs> so it'd so, be rough to like fall in there. It would be really rough to fall in there. Um, probably you would have seen a break in the ice. Yeah, well, and when when ice freezes over a moving body of water like that, it will be a little bit thicker towards the the shores, but it's wildly unpredictable because, you know, it's, you know, fucking moving water. Right, and then why you would, would he... You would, I don't see how you would... I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like an accidental thing you could do. Yeah, and even if you did fall through and break through the ice and nobody noticed that, um, it seems like there would be like a moving undercurrent under the ice and you still wouldn't yeah, you still yeah. wouldn't have your fucking shoes on and your shirt tucked in. No, especially the shirt tucked in. I mean shoes on maybe. Maybe you tie them bitch tight, but the the A fistful the of hair, yeah. Like fistful of hair, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, all of his jewelry, his rings, they were all on him still after four months of supposedly being in the water. Here's another thing. Uh, and the ring, that's, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. There was insects that were under his skin because that's, you know, what happens when you are dead. Like yeah, Insect totally. activity actually sets in pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah, it does. But yeah, there was like larva and stuff under his skin, but it, the the type of insects that they found like under his skin in his body, they can't survive in water. Oh, oh. So well, that's... how does he have insects in his skin that aren't water insects if he's been in the water this whole time? Yeah, that's uh yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? They also found GHB in his system. But they weren't able to tell if that was synthetic or naturally occurring because I guess our bodies produce a certain level of the chemicals in GHB. Just do they own. really? Yes, they do actually. That's wild. I I didn't know that. Yeah, and GHB is also what's known as the date rape drug. So it is a date rape drug. There's 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 many, but DH, yeah. GHB is one. GHB is one. Rohypnol is another. Is that is that the other one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. correct. Uh, like with GHB, it's you put a little like a little bit into some booze, and it gets right on top of you real quick. Mm-hmm. It basically just makes you like really drunk really fast. Right. But I guess due to the level of time that had you know passed, they they weren't able to tell if it was given to him. Uh, if he had ingested it or if this was uh, just the chemicals that they found uh, were just naturally occurring in his body. Right, right. The the amounts that he had that they found were suggestive of the fact it could be an external source, but it wasn't enough that it was a... a it wasn't conclusive. Bullseye. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, all of this, and they still kind of ruled it undetermined accidental 
And that's how it was for three full years until, yeah, until 2006, uh, a police, they, the city of Minneapolis hires a new police chief. His name is Tim Dolan and the Jenkins family uh, talks to him about all this stuff that they found. They'd hired a private investigator and yeah, I mean, they just still were not, I mean, obviously those are a lot of questions. Another one I forgot to mention that his family specifically brought up was that they there wasn't any bruises on his body, which is odd because he was goalie. His position was a goalie on the lacrosse team, and he had had a game and a couple of practices within uh, just a couple of days from when he disappeared. So usually his shins had bruises all over them, so... It's kind of yeah. odd that there wasn't any bruising on his body because obviously once you die, you stop healing. So anything that true, any marks that were on his body should have still been there. But yeah, another thing that was very unusual. So they bring all this evidence to the new police chief and they're just like, um, could you please fucking do something about this? And he was like, yeah, this probably was not investigated to the, you know, uh, the best it could have been. <laughs> Great, great, because that's what we want to hear. Right. Although, I mean, it is nice to eventually hear it when it's the truth. Hey, which is, you know, not something that happens so much Right, anymore. right. So, I mean, I guess they're, you know, we'll give him that, where he's like, yeah, yeah this was... Fucking A, yeah. The There's at least that. Shit job was done here. Let's see what we can find out now. So, the in 2006, the case was officially reopened. Cause of death was changed to homicide. However, it pretty much dead ended from there. The only new lead that came up was there uh, was a jail snitch, essentially, who was facing felony charges, came forward and said that he had seen somebody throw Chris off of the bridge, the Hennepin Avenue bridge, the bigger one. However, that theory was kind of shot down because of just how the bridge... First of all, there was nothing on the security cameras from the bridge. They'd they'd already checked that. Also, it's a very busy bridge, so you would think if somebody was throwing somebody off of it, like all these cars driving by with their headlights on, I mean, somebody might have noticed, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe. And then it's there's a lot of, like, suspension wires and just, um, you know, there's a lip of the bridge that extends out from the... I mean, it just would have been, like, literally impossible for somebody to have just by themselves uh, thrown him off of the bridge. Yeah, you, you, needed, you needed some help there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a... It wasn't a one-man job. Yeah, and so that lead basically went nowhere, and it was written off as probably some guy just trying to, you know, get his felony charges reduced. Like, oh, hey, no. Yeah. I, I know, totally. I know I the mean, guy who did that. He was totally thrown out the bridge. I guess when you have uh, some of those felony charges, any couple of years makes, uh, makes a difference. Mm-hmm. The case is still open, but obviously it has gone pretty cold and no new leads have surfaced. Now, it has been speculated that this could possibly be a smiley face killing. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Have you heard of the smiley face? I have. I don't think we've talked about it. We we should probably talk about it. We should talk about it because there were so many cases and information on there. I didn't get a whole lot about it, but I was definitely like, okay, I'm, I'm earmarking this for another episode. Oh, yeah. And it, it's something that happens. Uh, it's 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 happens throughout the world. Yeah, it's there's a whole lot. So I'll just give you a quick summary of the smiling face ki- killings. It's it's not official official. So there's like a couple of retired detectives, a professor. Um, yeah, it's like a team of four people that yeah for well over a decade have been investigating like hundreds of cases where mostly men in their 20s that are very athletic uh, seem to turn up dead in bodies of water. Canals. I mean, it happens in the UK. It happens in America. It's, uh, it's baffling. It is. Um, and often there is in the vicinity, a spray painted smiley face. Although, you know, people spray paint smiley faces all over. So it's not like, I mean, these, these four guys that have been looking into it 100% are convinced that that this is a thing that is happening. But uh, officially the FBI is still saying that uh, it doesn't exist. Which is, uh, I mean, the fact that they even remark about it, it's kind of interesting, right? Right. But the FBI's stance on it is that they just simply appear to be alcohol-related drownings. Now, uh, one of the guys on the team is retired NYPD detective Kevin Gannon. And he's just like, yeah, that's a bunch of horseshit. Um, these are a thing that are happening. Uh, there's, There's been the, I guess, uh, Oxygen has released like a whole series about it, which I'm dying to watch now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah, I, I knew it was like sort of like a, a thing that people in the like the weirdo circles knew about but i didn't realize the thing that like fucking oxygen was putting out stuff yeah no it's it's gained enough uh notoriety i think and there's been enough um cases now that have just you know this is one of them where just uh kind of checks all the boxes uh there's no smiley face graffiti that we knew of but again they weren't really looking for that and so who knows yeah yeah who knows? But I guess the Oxygen series examines six different cases that are all pretty suspicious and seem to be tied together. Uh, Kevin Gannon says, quote, if you look at the demographics and the type of individuals, there are well over 350 cases of young men drowning in a similar fashion throughout the country. And of those, he said that the ones we can connect are just over a hundred. And I'm assu- yeah, he said the country, so I'm assuming that's just in the U.S. Yeah, alone. yeah. And I mean, a hundred people—that's that's a fucking lot of people to just be dead from one thing, you know? Yeah, that's a whole lot. That's a whole lot of college students accidentally drowning. <laughs> so when yeah. you when you said earlier, like, how often does that happen? Well, apparently fucking a lot a fucking lot but nobody uh except for this team of uh you know retired detectives and shit wants to actually acknowledge that it's happening 
So what the fuck? Yeah, that is what the fuck, and that's basically all I have on it. Um, but yeah, I think we should definitely uh, look into this a little bit more and 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 talk more yeah. about these smiley face killings because I would say that the whole uh, thing surrounding um, Chris's death that I mean everything's pretty sus when it comes to yeah what happened to him uh it's been theorized when they reopened the investigation that the, it, it has to be that he was taken somewhere and killed and then placed in the water because the river was actually frozen until uh i don't know maybe like it was frozen through january of 2003 so it's theorized that he was not put in until like right before he was found, which was February 27th. Like somebody put him in like the night before that day. Yeah. Cause otherwise he'd be, there'd be signs of him having been in nature for that long. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's really cold and it uh, stops the decay process to a point, it's still the fucking river. I mean, there's just no way that his body was in the river. For those four months. No, I mean, if something is in a river for that long, you can fucking tell. I mean, right. It's pretty obvious. There's going to be like shit just schlupping off of it. There's not going to be a lot of skin. There's not going to be a lot of anything, really. Yeah, certainly uh, not, you know, neatly tucked pants and your shoes still on and insect no. activity that sh- is are insects that don't uh, survive in water. Stuff of that nature. I mean, just the fact that this was considered, like, accidental, not further investigated at the time, like, really sucks, because... Yeah, no shit. There were so many fucking red flags popping up here, and they were just like, nah, he just got drunk and fell in the wa- in the river. That seems like the least amount of paperwork we, paperwork we have to do. Right. It's like, I feel, yeah... And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. So many of these things are unsolved because it's like people just don't want to do their fucking jobs, you know? Like, God damn it. This yeah, is your no whole shit. fucking job is to investigate no what happens to people. And, uh, yeah, just, ugh. And I guess that comes with just, like, having other shit you have to do as well. You can't right. blame I mean, all on one department that has too much put on it right the fact that that department needs to be fucking squeaky goddamn clean Mm -hmm. and it's not i mean the whole thing just stinks the whole the 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 events surrounding how he uh, went missing you know he's turned out of a bar at uh apparently at the order of an off-duty police officer and which shouldn't matter anyway i mean they're just cops. They don't really have any authority when they're off duty. Right. And certainly they shouldn't get any special treatment as to, like, not being questioned when they had, you know, yeah. No, I mean, I mean like the fact that they kind of low government agents, they're very low at government agents, people who work at like the DMV, they, you pass one test, you can be like a DMV guy or a cop. It's like, hey. Right. And then even when there's some accountability taken for all of that, it's still just kind of like, well, okay, so he was murdered, which is a lot more than there actually a lot of uh, 
these cases that they think are tied together with these smiley face killings, so many of them are not even classified as homicides. They're still yeah. all like, oh, there, it was an accident. So the fact that this one was even changed to homicide is actually uh, unusual. Oh, you know, yeah. Usually it's just like, oh, they got drunk and fell asleep and froze to death or, you know, fell into two inches of water and drowned. Yes, babies can drown in two inches of water, but a grown ass adult. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, and then and someone who's like a an athlete. I mean, I don't care how drunk. Yeah. I mean, like you got to take into accountability. These are young, healthy, athletic people. So, uh, yeah. I mean, if someone like that is just going to get drunk and then lose their shit and die in some strange creek, how the fuck am I still alive? Right. <laughs> I mean, for the love of Christ. Right. So, yeah, it's very unfortunate. And uh, I hope that one day it, it can be solved. But yeah, yeah, that just that just really sucks. I think a lot of people uh, failed this kid. Yeah, definitely. And have failed his family since then um, in their, you know, pursuit to find out what happened to him. And yeah, uh, we'll try and we'll we'll get you more on the smiley face uh, murders at another date and time because my interest is definitely peaked. Oh yeah, it's something I'd heard of before, but I'd never really given much of a second thought to. Yeah, I I maybe heard of them before. Yeah, like just kind of in passing. But yeah, it wasn't until I was looking at this case and I happened to look on this case because I was looking for like you know Halloween stuff, and then this this came up so. Yeah. Pretty fucked up. Yeah. Severely fucked up. Why don't you give us your uh, second story there, Joanna? All right. Well, this is just a little quick story here. Oh, before I forget, before I'm an asshole, uh, my sources on Chris Jenkins' story. I looked at an uh, article from Heavy.com, uh, written January 2019. Uh, I could not find the author's name. I scrolled all up and down and through the ads, and I couldn't find the author's name on it. But yeah, it's from January 2019, Heavy.com. Uh, there is a blog, uh, Footprints at the River's Edge.blogspot.com, that details the story. Uh, another blog, aminoapps.com, uh, and then uh, a couple of posts on Reddit under Unsolved Mysteries. All right. And this next quick little story I'm going to tell you is from an article uh, written by Rebecca Cathcart, October 7th, 2009, and I believe it was for the New York Times. And I'm just going to go ahead and read the article verbatim, because like I said, it's pretty short, so no need for me to like summarize it any more than it already is. It's already a, a fair summary. Yes, it's already a fair summary, I'd say. So Los Angeles, the body of a man slumped over patio furniture on his balcony in Marina del Rey was mistaken for Halloween decor last week and remained undisturbed for five days. <laughs> Sheriff's deputies were called to the complex Thursday evening and found the man, Mustafa Mohammed Zaid, age 75, dead. He had been shot through the eye. Quote, he looked fake, 
end quote, said Austin Bashbrook, 33, who lives nearby. Quote, it looked like somebody had thrown a dummy over the back of a chair, unquote. Sheriff's deputies believe that Mr. Zaid committed suicide. Steve Whitmore, a spokesperson for the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, says, quote, our investigators don't think there was any foul play here, end quote. Mr. Bashbrook said he had just returned home from work at the news gathering agency he owns when sirens began to wail along Bora Bora Way, a residential street overlooking boat slips and a main waterway. Quote, I ran over there with my camera equipment, end quote, he said. Quote, there was blood on the balcony and he was visible from the street, but it really did not look like a real person up there, end quote. Huh. The coroner's autopsy report released Saturday showed that Mr. Zaid probably died last Sunday. Mr. Woodmore said neighbors, quote, reported hearing popping noises on Sunday, end quote. Most people in the complex of 800 units may not have noticed Mr. Zaid, Mr. Whitmore said. Hard rain and cold winds kept many indoors for most of the week. The buildings in the complex are turned so that the third floor where Mr. Zaid's body was slouched towards a railing is partially obscured from the street. Quote, I finally took a walk last night with my dog and I saw the ambulance there, end quote, said Victoria Seep, 61, who lives nearby, but did not see the body. It's terrible. The apartment complex sits on a narrow strip of land leading to the sea, said residents reached on the phone Friday. It is a quiet street, they said, with upscale apartment buildings. The most pressing security matters are usually seals jumping on the docks and making too much noise. Ms. Sip said. This is a little creepy, she added. The end. Fucking A. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if the, uh, the guy ever did any uh, other, uh, you know, Halloween decor or anything, and they're just kind of like, oh. Right? They're just like, oh, oh Mr. Zaid's is... really outdone himself this time. Look at that fucking dummy he's <laughs> right? got sitting up there. After the stench rolls up, just like, fuck. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah, most people, I guess, thought it was a Halloween decoration. They're like, oh, man, he's oh, really yeah, going well. all out. He's got a life-size dummy, and you know, like with the blood and the, yeah. It would make sense. I mean, uh, why wouldn't you think that? It's, <laughs> it's Halloween, it's, right? It's Halloween. It's, 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 how, it's, how, it's how it is. It's how it is. Oh, yeah, until the stench starts to creep up. Also, who the fuck shoots themselves through the eye? Like, if I was going to shoot myself in the head, I would not do it through my fucking eye. I don't know. I guess maybe I would. Because, like, you can sort of, like, through your mouth, you have, I don't know, you can stick it to your eye and sort of, like, make sure it goes to your brain and ruins everything so you're dead and you don't have to worry about suffering and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's little risk of the bullet getting into your brain if you do it through your eyes, since that's softer than your skull. But still, I mean, how do you just point a gun at your fucking eye and pull the trigger? That's just like, mm. Dude, I don't know. I, I couldn't even put contacts in. I, I got <laughs> I tried contacts, and then I went to go back, and they, they didn't work. The The prescription was wrong, and then I just like couldn't get them in, and I was just, fuck this. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> It is hard to to learn. I mean, I've just done it now for so long. I've been doing it since I was 12. So yeah, um, yeah. I've done it now for so long that I can't function just wearing my glasses. 
like I can, you know, see like well enough. Like so, like when I take my contacts out and I have them, it's like okay, yeah, I can like see things. So I, I'm not like actually like legally blind, bumping around, not being able to see shit. But um, I really am. I didn't put my contacts in at all yesterday because I've been trying to be better about taking them out more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I'm going to really start fucking my shit up if I just constantly, you know, have them in all the You're time. Just leaving them in. Yeah. yeah. Sleeping with them in. And, and yeah. Shit. So yeah. I've been really vigilant about uh, taking them out at night. And um, and then, yeah, I'm just like, oh, well, maybe I'll just let my eyes rest for a day. It's like, I don't get shit done. Like, I, I almost can't function. Like, I can see okay, but I, I wouldn't go and run errands in my glasses. Oh. I couldn't drive with the contacts in. Yeah, I can't drive with my glasses because it's just it just distorts my vision too much because it was too flattened and I have such a high prescription and I don't have peripheral vision. It's like yeah, so it's like I'm I'm getting by wearing my glasses, but I'm I'm not all that functional. Yeah, it's like it's like being a handicapped. Yeah, I am kind of handicapped you, when I when I only have my glasses. To do, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I can't imagine, like, not having contacts. And that's why I've been like, okay, you have to wear your glasses more so that it, it doesn't get to a point where they're going to be like, oh, hey, you can't wear them at, you can't wear contacts at all anymore because you've just, yeah. you've, oh, you've overdone it over you all these years. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I definitely don't want this to be, I was thinking that yesterday after having worn them all day long and just being like, I can't get shit done. I can't do shit. Um, yeah, like, I can't imagine that being, like, like, life 24-7. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't so, want that. And it wouldn't be. I mean, you, you'd get used to it. Yeah. I suppose you would at some point, but, yeah. Eyes are crepey. <laughs> they are. They are. I can't imagine having the surgery you had. Oh, yeah, the eyeball surgery? Yeah. yeah that. You want to talk about some, like, ghoulish it. things for uh, Halloween? I don't want to talk well, about your I'm trying to eyeball. I'm trying to tell our listeners about that right now. Uh, uh, actually, fine. so I had fine. a detached retina when I was like 23, and this is because I have so two years ago. Yeah, exactly right. So I have such bad vision. I actually have like a degenerative condition in the retinas of my eyes, where I have little holes all over the retinas of my eyes. And one of the holes got so big it started um, my retina actually started detaching and. uh if it completely detaches because of um, these holes getting big, I mean, think of it as like, you know, the, the old fashioned film reel when it like the celluloid like gets all holy and kind of like melts and stuff. Yeah. God like that, that's my retinas. Okay. Um, if you have a traumatic detachment, they can reattach them. But if it, it gets so bad uh, that it detaches because of something like that, um, then you're just permanently blind in that eye. So yeah, I started to get a detachment in the corner and I went to the eye doctor about it and they had to do surgery. So they had to, you know, surgically reattach it to my eyeball. And you were fucking awake, right? No, I was asleep. They knocked me out. Oh, they, they did have you asleep. Okay. They I did have me asleep. Awake. He was like, you could do it, not asleep, but I was just like, uh, fuck no. <laughs> I don't want to see you doing that shit to my eye, you fucker. I Hell have to watch that shit. Fucking no. But it involved them sticking like three different instruments through my eyeball because the retina's, you know, God. at the back. 
And so I, I kind of have like kind of like broken veins, like kind of permanently, like just in those little spots. But when I came out of the surgery, I actually had stitches in my eyeball. That's so fucked up. I hate hearing that. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. I had actual stitches in my eyeball from where they stuck the instruments in. So if you can imagine how that felt, okay, like every single time you blinked, it poked like the little knot ends of the stitches poked my eyelids. And my entire eye was like blood red. It was like blood, blood red. My entire, the whites of my eyes were like blood red for like weeks. That sounds so awful. I can't, I can't even put fucking contacts in. And stitches in my eyeball. So poke, 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 blood red. Also, the first couple of weeks I had a gas bubble in my eye, uh, which they uh, inject into there to keep the, um, like it's almost like a band-aid for when they reattach your retina. So it keeps it like pasted up against where it's supposed to be. And I could actually see it in my eye. So it was like looking through like one of those like liquid kaleidoscope things, except that was like just everything everywhere. I could see this like gas bubble that distorted my vision in that eye. It was like, you know, everything being seen through like a drop of water almost. I hate all of that. Yeah, it sucked. It sucked really bad. I will tell you, though, that despite how much that fucking sucked, um, my wisdom teeth removal was still worse. Really? Really. I've had my wisdom teeth out, and I feel like that you're a big pussy because uh, you don't, you, you thought that was so bad. And like hearing your eye story makes me want to die inside. Mm hmm. No, maybe just know that that's how terrible my wisdom teeth extraction was because I went through this terrible, terrible thing with my eyeball, and that still was not as bad. Jesus Christ. And so the real horror story folks is joanna's like fucking eyeball and face surgeries i know and i had to have the wisdom tooth extraction like the year after my stupid eyeball surgery so fucking christ yeah well now that we finished the real horror story of the episode <laughs> we'd like to thank you all for listening you can find us on all of our social medias at either Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast. If we're there, you'll find us at one of those. If we're not, then you won't find us there. And if you do find us where we're not, then it's not us. It's somebody else, and that's weird. Take a look at our podcast syndicate, ageofradio.org. There are many brilliant podcasts of all different kinds. You should listen to it. It would be lovely. You can also donate to us on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Stranger Than Podcast. If you give us $2 a month, you get our episodes ad-free. If you give us $5 a month, you get a bonus episode. The bonus episodes will be changing. We're actually going to be going straight up true crime for our bonus episodes. So it'll be lovely if you like that stuff. And if not, then, you know. Sorry, we're sellouts. We need the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Joanna just moved. She needs the money. It's the end of the world. We all need the money. And I think at that, we'll talk to you next time. Have a happy Halloween and stay strange. <laughs>